This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers, a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. Okay, welcome to Mainspring Family Wellness. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about empowering tween girls. The tween girls can be just filled with self-doubt and comparison, navigating social relationships, and the awkwardness that can often really come with body changes. But the flip side is that um, it's an amazing opportunity to discover more about yourself, identify strength and talents, and becoming your own person. So today we have on the show three outstanding women who are going to talk further about confidence, connection, and kindness. And one is our very own executive director, Kristen Perlmutter at Mainspring Family Wellness, psychologist and founder of Girl Nation, Dr. Carly Snyder, and youth sports coach at CORE and sports performance psychology doctoral candidate, Rachel Heft. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Well, um, Carly, you're new to Mainspring Family Wellness. Could you share a little about yourself and how you developed this passion for empowering girls? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Jenna, for having me and including me with you fabulous three women. Um, So my name is uh, Carly Snyder, Dr. Snyder, and I'm actually new to Newport Beach about a year ago. And I'm a clinical psychologist, and I've been working with girls for about 20 years. But I think um, really my true love and passion for empowering young women um, has, has actually been kind of a journey. Um, and I've always wanted to work with girls and that's always been my, um, my little kind of niche, but more now than ever, um, with the landscape changing and with anxiety and depression being such an epidemic and with, uh, suicidality and just girls comparing themselves on a different level more so than they ever have. Um, about five, six years ago, I created a, a program called Girl Nation, and pretty much the mission of Girl Nation is to get girls to come together and connect and truly have each other's backs and, and rise each other up and help you know, rise, rise one another up rather than tearing each other down. And Rachel, could you share with us a little more about your background and how you got interested in sports performance? Yes, absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm very excited to be collaborating with everybody on this uh, mini retreat for tween girls. So I was a competitive soccer athlete my entire life. And my senior year of high school, I tore my ACL right before scouting season. And so that just tore me apart. But I was determined to return to the sport and keep playing. And the day after I was cleared to play, I um, joined a soccer tournament and a girl ran into my other knee for my ACL. And so, you know, I just had a really hard time with finding more purpose outside of sport. And I wanted to figure out how I could 
be a part of the sports industry and, you know, prevent injury like this from happening to other people. And so I found sports psychology in my undergrad and fell in love with it and understood all of the tools could help me outside of sport as well. So, you know, my relationships with other people, my academics, and it was really, really awesome to know that this was universal for me and for so many other people. So I um, just fell in love with it. I ended up having two more knee surgeries on top of that. And, um, you know, I just, I, I knew that there was a lot of opportunity for people to learn about these skills and improve their athletic performance and academics and social life with it. So I started working on my master's and I'm getting my doctorate right now in sport and performance psychology. And I just know that there are so many opportunities for this field to help people outside of sports. And so, you know, this is a really great opportunity for teen girls to learn how to use these skills to build confidence and use that in academics, athletics, and any sort of passion projects or performance. So it's been um, a really great journey for me and I love it a lot. Right. And Kristen, how did you come up with the idea of True Tribe and how does True Tribe really fill a need in Orange County? I am super excited about True Tribe. I feel like this is something that I've been dreaming about for a long time. And when Jenna, when you and I um, decided to start Mainspring, one thing that we talked about doing was creating this um, women's collective, just really bringing like-minded, um, strong, amazing women together and collaborating with them. And I'm so excited that this is happening with Rachel and Carly. And I think that we can be good examples for our daughters and for other young women. And um, it's the perfect place to start at such a young, vulnerable age when you're very much in flux and a little awkward. Um, but I also really molded, you know, yes. <laughs> to condition yourself in, in a way that gives you a more positive outlook. Absolutely. Deconstruct later. Exactly. That is right. And well, and I think we, you know, um, I remember being that age and how it was such a tricky time in my life and we didn't have social media. And I just feel like these girls are dealing with so much more than we ever had to. And the world is moving fast and um, we're living in a very competitive environment. And I think if we can help them with these skills um, at an early age, hopefully they'll give them an advantage as they um, grow and develop. Well, girl world, as Rosalind Wiseman had put it in her book, Queen Bees and Wannabes, has all sorts of protocols and nuance with popularity and acceptance. We truly all want to belong. It's really innate in us. But with True Tribe, what aspects of the girl world are you trying to shine some light on and really make a difference in the Orange County area? Does anyone have any thoughts on that? Um, I do, actually. So yeah. I think for me, um, the biggest thing with working with girls is that, and, and, and young women, um, is because we are relational beings. We need each other. We want to belong. And as the, you know, four of us kind of collaborated, we kind of came up with the word tribe because that's really what you're looking for as a tween. Um, and even younger, um, is that looking to belong and looking for a group, a community. I mean, it is a girl's oxygen. It keeps them going. And 
there are so many um, research articles out there that talk about how when girls have good friends, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, cutting, I mean, every single, um, you know, psychological, you know, dilemma diagnosis often uh, decreases when you do have, I mean, it, sometimes it's really just one good friend that can make that difference. So I really do believe um, True, True Tribe is, is just a brilliant name. And, and, you know, that's why kind of I came up with Girl Nation. It's that same kind of concept of girls just getting together and having fun. Mm -hmm. There's such a need. I mean, it's something that as, I mean, we're all women. We know how important it is. So why would it not be as important for these young girls? Yeah, so true. Yeah, I think having that um, connection with other positive female role models and your and positive um, female peers is so important. And um, you know, I think that that that's something that needs to be nurtured, especially in this community where things can seem a little competitive at times. Yeah. Um, we really need to be building each other up and yes. teaching yes. our daughters. You know, I think if your daughter sees you building other women up, then hopefully uh -huh. they will model that same behavior. Focuses on building confidence and connection and kindness in girls. That's kind of the three words that, that we came up with. And Rachel, um, you share, could you share with us why building confidence is just so important at this age? Yes, absolutely. Well, so, um, during this age between about 11 and 14 years old, a lot of girls and boys are experiencing what we call the invisible audience. And that is just their belief that everybody is looking at them and judging them for whatever they're wearing, whatever they're doing, the way they walk, the way that they smile, whatever it is. And everybody is experiencing that same thing. So they're all very nervous about the way that they interact with people, how they talk, and it prevents them from just being themselves. And a lot of times what these kids are looking for is somebody to be themselves and kind of give them permission to then be themselves as well. And so the more tools we can give them to, um, you know, speak their mind or to take that initial step to talk to others and make relationships um, with new friends, the easier it's going to be for them to step out of their comfort zone and to feel good about themselves instead of having to feel like they need to conform to social norms or go along with people's opinions, even though they don't, dis even though they disagree. You know, that's something I had a really hard time with is thinking that if somebody has an opinion over something as silly as like, I really like this movie and I think everybody loves it. And I was like, oh, well, I don't really like that movie, but I was afraid to disagree, thinking that would mean they wouldn't want to be my friend. And so I'd be like, oh yeah, that, that movie was great. you know. And then we tried to form a relationship over something that I just didn't have a real connection with. And so by building others' confidence up, especially at this age, it helps them to um, you know, stand up for themselves and what they believe in and kind of stick with their morals across the board, whether or not it's something as silly as a movie that they like, or, you know, they're just um, the way that they treat other people. So, you know, giving them these tools is very important so that they can be themselves as they grow up and develop and find their own tribe. 
Yeah, I was just thinking as you were speaking how difficult it can be sometimes if your confidence confidence is built by how you think others perceive you, you know, and what what other people are telling you about yourself. Because then you're constantly looking in other people's directions yeah. for affirmation for being in the world, you know, yeah. that you matter. I agree with you, Jenna. And I think that's probably one of the biggest issues I'm seeing with social media is that the girls will post things and then they look to the comments to kind of make them feel good. And if there's not enough comments or enough likes, a lot of times they'll take the pictures down. And then depending upon who comments, it could ruin somebody. I mean, just, you know, the wrong comment from a boy that maybe is joking or or just as being sarcastic. It's amazing how you are so sensitive during those times. And that's why I think um, getting a bunch of girls together through different organizations like True Tribe or, or other ones out there is so beneficial because you get a group of girls together and you start talking and they all realize that they all have their own invisible audiences. By the way, Rachel, I absolutely love that concept because mm -hmm. that is exactly what um, tweens and teens, even teenagers and in high school, and I think even in college at, to some extent, mm -hmm. um, depending upon um, development, developmentally where they are in their confidence level. And even young women yeah. believe that everybody is looking at them and judging them. And the truth is everybody is looking at themselves and judging themselves. <laughs> everybody is in their own world. Yeah. Um, but, but especially when you're young, you have no idea that the girl next to you who looks perfect is just as insecure. Yeah. So I think it could be so incredibly brilliant to have these girls together and they're all vulnerable and they're all hopefully um, speaking about their insecurities. And I think they walk away with so much more knowledge that they're truly not the only ones out there. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, you know what I'm recognizing is True Tribe really has the potential to become like a, a thought leadership group for mm -hmm. these young kids to become future thought leaders. You know, yep. when, you're, when you start to think like this early, you start to create a new culture in the places of where, where you are at your schools and yes. in your different soccer fields and your softball mm -hmm. and your performance. And so it's really, it really has, it can have a profound effect. So there's so much discussion about using encouragement to help parents build true confidence. So for example, finding specific things to encourage your kids about what you see. What are some tools uh, in your mind that support raising a confident tween girl? Well, I think encouragement is, um, can be a tough one because I think sometimes when um, a child doesn't feel good about themselves and the parent is encouraging them and being their cheerleader, it just, it, they, they feel almost fraudulent. Mm -hmm. So I do believe it's so important for um, young girls to have sports. And I think Rachel's a perfect example of that. I think having a community that you're you're involved in, whether it's um, a sports team, whether it's being in a math club, a chess club, something other than um, something focused on how they look. Because I think if you spend too much time encouraging your daughter and telling them how beautiful they are, oh, stop, Every, you're just as beautiful. You're just, it, 
that's just further setting themselves, uh, setting them up for kind of failure because there's, they're always going to compare themselves. So I think helping them build their insides mm-hmm. and sense of yeah, mastery. So, right. So I think like, um, what I was trying to get at is that your example, Dr. Carly reminds me of praise. Like if you're just giving blanket praise to your kid, yes. like you're beautiful, you're fantastic. Yes. You know, your kid cannot hang a hat on that, right? Like no. they, they just feel like, no, that's not true. I'm looking at Instagram. This woman has 500, like this girl has 500 likes. I've got like 25. That's not true. Right. Right. But when we look at real encouragement for, for parents to offer that to their kids, it's very specific things that they see in like what you were talking about, the insides, like mm-hmm. a character building thing that you notice, like, Hey, I noticed that when you went out there to play today, you really showed some strong leadership skills with your other mm-hmm. partners when, you know, everyone was getting down about the, you know, the score of the game, but you were the encourager out there with everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That they can go, yeah, yeah, you're right. I did do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Versus you were great. Everyone else yeah. was good. Like, right. You know, right. You know, and, and, and oh, go ahead, Carly. Sorry. No, please, please, you go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to chime in and, and say that, you know, I think that goes for kindness too. I, you know, I really praise my children when I catch them doing something really kind for somebody else, um, you know, because I think there's a lot of confidence that can be built around that as well. So I agree. So, absolutely. Yeah. How so, Kristen? Oh, sorry. Um, well, I mean, I just think that, you know, um, recognizing what an important quality that is. And, um, you know, it's to me as a parent, uh, that's one of the most important things that I can, you know, one of the most important qualities that I can see in my children. If I, if I know that they're being kind and maybe their grades aren't as good or they didn't make the varsity soccer team, the kindness wins for me because I think it's, you know, the most important thing. And if, if, if they have that and, um, then they can, they can do anything. So to me, that's, that's, you know, one of the most important things. And I hope that's something that we can teach in our retreat too. It's just being kind, simple. Yeah. I completely agree too. That's a, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Rachel, you're, you're younger than the rest of us, right? So, <laughs> Just so a you're, you're, you know, a competitive um, athlete, how do you think your parents built confidence in you or how did they contribute to that? Yeah. So what I have always appreciated about my parents is um, when I was playing soccer, they built me up they built up my confidence by explaining how I had improved specifically. So it wasn't like, Oh, good job. You like scored a goal today. It was like, Hey, you put yourself in the right place. You were communicating with your teammates. And because of all of these great things that you did look at the result, right? You, it wasn't just that I scored a goal. It was, I did so many other steps ahead of that, that helped me to succeed. And so the process of showing my growth and how my direct actions impacted my success was very helpful because then I could see that I, yeah, this time I communicated better with my teammate or this time I made sure I was in the right place at the right time. And so identifying very specific actions was very helpful for me because those are things that I could control. It wasn't, you know, oh, you just did a great job. It was, hey, 
um, these are the things you need to do to achieve what your goal is. And so um, that's a very common thing within sports and performance psychology is understanding what factors can you control to get you to that objective and identifying very specific steps and things that uh, breaking it down into steps that they can achieve on their own makes it so much easier for them to see how they've improved and how they can see, succeed moving forward. So that's been a really great thing that I've always appreciated. That's great. I talk a lot about um, competency and capability. In fact, in our um, Conscious Parenting Tweens class, we're going to be talking about capability this week with Audrey Monkey, who wrote Happy Campers. And um, if you want to build more competency in something, you have to have specific goals to achieve that are doable right? 100% doable. And then when you've achieved them, it increases your confidence level so that then you take on the next challenge. And maybe it's a stretch challenge, a little bit more of a stretch, but not so overwhelming of a stretch that it doesn't feel feasible, right? Yeah. But that's the cycle of continuing mm -hmm. to really build your confidence and competency. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's such a good tool that parents can take home. Yeah. Um, Dr. Carly, so, what makes yes. connections such a vital component to a tween girl's life? Well, I kind of, um, I wanted to just kind of piggyback something that she had said, though, because I think it's sure. such an important piece, uh, Rachel, that you talked about, that sometimes um, parents get lost in the achievement piece mm -hmm. and not the process. And that the process is really actually, I mean, that's where the dopamine they're now finding in the brain, that's where it's being released the most is during the process. And if we don't experience that process and, and really like for kind of what you're talking about, Rachel, I mean, it sounds like you hit it on that completely at that, that you don't build the confidence if you're just focused on winning. How do you know if, if your girls have the right friends? What, what well, kind I, of yeah, that's a really, that's actually a really good point. And, yeah. um, you know, one of the activities that I've done over the years, which, and we, you know, we'll talk about this and we have the four of us, as we know, we have so many different ideas for our retreat, but one of the um, activities that I think can be really empowering for girls is to kind of figure out exactly what are their rights, like what are the things they need as a friend? What makes them feel fueled what really really kind of charges their battery you know notice how you feel with the people are there friends that you walk away and you feel great with you feel energized you're positive or do you feel less than do you feel that that person kind of put you down or they kind of like to play with you only when nobody else is around do they mm -hmm. only invite do they only talk to you outside of school or do they invite you to sit with them at lunch so i think it really is about becoming conscious and mindful about who those girls are that you spend time with and how you feel around them. Because mm -hmm. sometimes a connection might not be a good one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's really good. And I think that's a great takeaway for parents to even ask their kids, like, how do you feel around her? Mm -hmm. You know, you look upset when, after you have that play date or that you just right. spent time, like, what's going on? you know um, well because you all have uh besides rachel you guys have daughters so you know you've had your girls with other friends and they're yeah. just certain girls that they just walk away from and there's you know maybe they bicker maybe they just feel bad maybe or they don't walk away 
Right. Yeah. And they yeah. to be treated poorly. And right. you're questioning about that. Like, why, what is it about this particular person that keeps you in this relationship if mm -hmm. you're continually being treated poorly? Right. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. question. Something I wanted to bring up about social media is that it's a, it's a main way our kids connect with friends now, and it's changing how we connect. So what are your thoughts on how it's changing our tweens, Dr. Carly? And what do you think parents should be aware of to support using this tool, but also being mindful of healthy development? And then Rachel, once again, you are younger than us. If you, and if you have <laughs> thoughts on this yourself, right. I'm God so curious her. to hear from you. <laughs> Thank God we have her around, right? Right. <laughs> um, Yes, social media is huge, and it's something that we cannot um, ignore. And I do believe, depending upon you know what works for your family, deciding when you feel comfortable getting your child um, a smartphone, because some people keep you know I have friends who have put it off, and it is not a bad thing, depending upon your child. Yeah, depending upon your child. So I think it really depends. Um, depending upon your child. But I do really believe, um, especially when you're dealing with tween girls, they're not old enough to really manage their time on it. So I do think you have to really um, just unplug them at times and just, you know, collect the phone and just, because I do think a lot of times, and I'm sure, especially um, Jenna, because you have an older daughter, I'm sure you've seen when the girls are together, sometimes they don't even talk. They yeah. just sit there and everyone's on their phone. And I see it with my son and his friends. Mm -hmm. Well, I did notice too, like even during, you know, COVID with my daughter having to come back from college, how much she was on her social media, um, like the entire day, you know, like yeah. maybe nine hours. Yeah. I mean, easily. Was, like, Same really with ridiculous. my kids. Yeah. But it's, it's such an, it's such a crutch for so many of our kids, especially now during the pandemic. Because Absolutely. you don't have access to these people that you usually would be spending time with. The only access you have is through your phone. Um, yeah. And that's the same with gaming that I see with um, some of my, my other uh, male students. That, you know, if they don't have access to their, their friends, they're on Discord or they're on the, yeah. these other you know, gaming things because it's their only outlet. And parents have a hard time understanding it because we're just yes. coming from like screen time is not good for you and having too much yes. of it. But, but, but there's some positive things to it. It's, it is their yeah. connection and it is how they communicate. It really yeah. is. It's their lifeline. It's their oxygen. And you take it away. You will literally see girls and boys. I mean, just lose it depending right. upon, you know, where they are kind of developmentally also and, and psychologically as well. I mean, depending, you know, if somebody is, is truly in a bad place, taking away the phone can creates such a meltdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And any thoughts on that, Rachel? Yeah. Well, so like we we're talking about in just terms of social media, so I, social media started developing when I was in high school. And so it was pretty new to everyone and it wasn't, it wasn't really used the way that it is now in terms of a lot of comparison and bringing each other down. Like cyberbullying wasn't really a thing yet. There wasn't that much um, going on and we were just kind of, exploring it. And what I had experienced is, luckily, I played a ton of soccer, like every day, 
all the time, so much, just, I was exhausted. And so I didn't have as much time to be on social media. I was not watching TV as often. I was reading a lot. So I was significantly away from screens in comparison to some of my other friends. And what I noticed, and you know, even up to now, is that I don't feel as much of a connection to being on the screen. Um, I just, I've put my energy into other activities that like, I'm just a very active person. I enjoy cardio and be, being outside. And so what I appreciated that my parents had done is, you know, um, taking my phone away when I was about to go to bed instead of just scrolling on all night long, you know, I could stay on there for two, three hours until I just, you know, exhausted myself staring at that screen. And I know some parents have talked to me about that kind of issue where they're, if they don't have anything, they're just on the screen. And what I have noticed about kids who don't care about that as much is that they're a lot more active outside. They're finding other activities and sometimes they're just so busy doing other things that they don't want to be on the screen. They'd rather be like taking a nap, you know? So giving them those alternative activities can really be helpful because then it kind of forces them to be off the screen without the parent having to take it away. And so Carly, like you were saying, taking that away and forcing it prevents them from, you know, sometimes just functioning and wanting to connect. Mm -hmm. But having something else for them to do as an alternative kind of changes their mindset. And so that's definitely something that I would recommend looking into is alternative activities. That's the beautiful thing about sports, right? Yes, absolutely. It gets you out, it gets you active, it gets you connecting with other people in in a way that social media can't. Yes. Yes, I completely agree. And I and I think what you're saying, Rachel, is so great because you also through your sports had connection and community and you didn't need the social media to connect. So the kids who are as the most, I believe, addicted are really the ones who don't have the sports and the other areas of their life. I really, it's a, it's a, it's not a pattern. It's real. I mean, it's, it's a pattern that is very real. So I do think that's great advice. Kristen, you're raising tween girls. I mean, what are your thoughts about what we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I am definitely in the thick of it right now. Um, you know, we have we have chosen not to um, get let the girls have um, a lot of access to social media. They don't have a phone. They do have iPads, and we try to monitor how much time they're on there um, because it just it's. I feel like they'll disappear. They don't want to interact with us. They'll disappear in their rooms and just kind of go down this rabbit hole like we all do um, yeah. when we get sucked into social media. Um, and they they are already noticing um, how people look and who, who has that, you know, how many followers people have. And, um, you know, for a while there, I was trying to resist it, but I think it's it's happening and it's real. And now we just have to figure out how to navigate around it. And I like what Carly and Rachel have said, because I agree. I think being connected to something, whether it's a sport or a club or um, some sort of activity where you're connecting with other people, I think keeping them busy and involved in things is, is really the best solution. So we're, we're working on that. It's tricky right now because there's, we don't have access to as many things as we normally do. Like there's not as many sports happening and there's not as many gatherings. Um, so we're, we're figuring it out. (laughs) They need this retreat. And so do I. (laughs) 
Yes. Kristen, you were kind of touching on kindness earlier and yes. Uh, I was hoping you could talk a little more about that. So how do you think mm -hmm. kindness really fits in at this age stage for tweens? Because I mean, know, clearly you've got two girls of your own and how do you practice and teach kindness with them? Yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, kind of what I mentioned before, just leading by example. I think that, you know, they're watching and absorbing, hearing everything that's going on in the house and around them. And it's funny because I don't even think they're listening to me sometimes and I'll be talking to somebody on the phone and then an hour later they'll, they'll chime in about something I said. So it's made me be really um, conscious of what I'm saying um, in front of them and, and actually in general, um, especially I think sometimes we can tend to be catty or maybe gossipy and they they pick up on that and they model it so um i'm really trying to be conscious of that at home and around them and um and like i mentioned before catch them being kind and praising them for it um because that's really an important value in our family and uh something that's that means a lot to me to to see in them um, so I think that's the best way. I think in, in normal non-COVID times, I would say um, doing more community service and getting out there and um, seeing, um, you know, showing gratitude for what, what you have and, and really participating and helping make making other people's lives better because we can and we should. Um, it's a little trickier right now, but I think that is extremely important to, to do for young girls, especially and boys. So tell us a little bit about the retreat, which is going to be in November. Yep. November 8th, um, one to four, and, um, it'll be located in, in Newport beach. We'll, we'll, whoever signs up, will get that, um, address later on. Um, it's going to be a three hour retreat that's taught by uh, Rachel and Carly. And we also have a fabulous yoga teacher, Rachel Peterson, who will be leading um, some mindfulness and uh, ending with a 30 minute yoga um, that before, before the retreat's over. But um, I'd love for Carly and Rachel to talk more about what they're gonna be teaching that day. Um, Rachel, you wanna go first? Sure, absolutely. So I am focusing on the confidence aspect of True Tribe. And uh, mainly what we're going to be talking about in general is performance anxiety, which can expand to all parts of our lives. So um, anxiety in test taking, for example, or within sports and, um, you know, conversations with friends and really building our uh, building, building their tools of how to be more confident in themselves. So like we were talking about earlier, focusing on achievable action steps and helping them to identify pathways to get to whatever they're trying to achieve. So if it's, hey, I'm, I have a, a hard time taking tests and I get really nervous even though I know the material, great. We're going to talk about how they can, um, you know, uh, potentially like study for X number of hours leading up to the test and how many practice tests they might take ahead of time. Or, you know, if it's within sports, all right, let's identify how we can schedule practices outside of work with our team, how we can just very, um, 
how we can identify very achievable things to help them understand that they've done this before, they have the skills that they need, and that they're going to be able to do this and move forward and succeed. And, you know, part of building confidence is understanding where it comes from. And a lot of that is from previous experience. And so helping them to identify what they've already accomplished can be very helpful in understanding what they can do in the future as well. Right. It sounds like you're going to be offering some very concrete tools on how to help with performance anxiety. That's fabulous. Yes. Dr. Yes. Carly? So a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about are going to be more centered around um, how to continue to connect and be kind and also have confidence with living with social media because social media is not going anywhere. So we'll talk a lot about social media and some of the pitfalls, a lot about the comparison um, and just really helping girls understand social media and not idealize it, see it for what it is and know what's real, what's not real. Um, so it's gonna be much more kind of interactive, um, but there will absolutely be a didactic piece where they're gonna walk away with education and just understanding a lot of what's even being fed to them, because I think a lot of these, um, a lot of us don't even realize that we are just being targeted. I mean, right. whether it's the advertising, whether it's, you know, depending upon who you follow, the new YouTubes, and it's, it's really kind of just out there to suck you in. So really just helping educate these girls on social media and, and the really good parts of it and how they can continue to connect with friends, but just in a much healthier way. Whoever wants to sign up, please email us at info at Mainspring Family Wellness. We have a link on there to sign up and reach out with any questions, but um, it is going to be very fun and um, very, uh, there's going to be, you're going to walk away with some great tools um, yeah, and outdoors. It's going to be outdoors, socially distance. And um, yeah, so we will be following the COVID safety precautions as well. Yes. Okay, well, ladies, thanks so much for taking the time today to talk about True Tribe. I'm, and as we're talking about this retreat, I'm realizing, oh, we need one for just women. Uh, yes, we do. That's next. And one. boys. Yes. We're working on yes. one for boys. Yes. Too. Yes. Yes. Sure. Sure. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you so <laughs> right. much. Thank you. Talk thank to you later. You. Bye. Thank Bye. you.